0: Carrier.
1: You can't stop me now.
0: This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. Big o Tires. The team you trust. This is 975 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 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 Network.
2: That's right. It is the big show here on a Wednesday, a game day. The Jazz hosting the Spurs. I'm Austin Horton here with Gordon Monson. And speaking of that game tonight, welcome into the show, the radio play-by-play voice of the Spurs, Bill Shoning, back on the station, a legend and a great man. Bill, thanks for giving us some time.
3: A legend, huh? That's a good introduction. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes legend.
2: sometimes legend means you're old, but not you. Not you, Bill.
3: Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, how about a seasoned veteran? That'll work. That would be a nice work. way to say it. <laughs> now, legend's good. Real, real quick story. I was doing some uh, little uh, college baseball this spring, just a few, a few uh, off days to fill, right? So uh, I did some Division Two ball at a little university in Austin called St. Edwards. Anyway, um, the public address announcer announced to the crowd that the play-by-play guy on the Lone Star Conference digital network that day was going to be the legendary Bill Shoning. And... Uh, I thought, wow, that's that's a pretty nice introduction right there. And just about maybe five seconds later, this lady to my left sitting about 10 feet away outside the press box said, who? I said, yeah, who? Who's that? I have no idea. I have no idea who he's talking about. So, anyway, and that, that was called a quick ego deflation. Don't you know who
2: I am? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I not to tell you. Bill, don't I was
3: you Bill, I was
2: wondering,
4: what, what falls just short of a legend?
3: <laughs> I, I don't, a the, semi-legend. A semi, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. It's so funny, uh, Matt Bonner, one of our former players, has a podcast now. And the way he is introducing the podcast uh, or promoting it is, Hello, this is semi Spurs legend,
2: Matt Potter. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so the Spurs come in tonight thirty one and thirty-three, five and five in their last ten, having lost that one ten to ninety nine decision on Monday to the Jazz, but they are tenth in the West. Give us the snapshot of this San Antonio Spurs franchise right now, Bill. What kind of team is this?
3: Well, it's been a team that's been up and down and very inconsistent, to be honest. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, And one of them has been uh, injuries. Obviously, Derek White, one of their best players, is now out probably for the rest of the year with a badly sprained ankle. And that's a big blow. And he was kind of in and out of the lineup all year with various injuries anyway. But he was really starting to play his best basketball. And he's a very good defender. So uh, they're clearly going to miss him. And um, it's just a team that right now is kind of in a state of transition. You know, they've got some good young guys. And the thing with a young team is that it's not always consistent. And so they've been fighting to you know, find a stride and uh, some momentum. Uh, they've been able to go on like four or five different three-game winning streaks, but never really able to go on a nice long six- or seven-game winning streak that puts your a little separation between the teams behind you and you. So, therefore, right now with just a few games left, uh, eight games left for the Spurs, six games left for the Pelicans, uh, the Spurs find themselves basically fighting with New Orleans for that tenth and final spot for a play-in series or a play-in game.
4: So, Bill, this is a question that I feel a little stupid asking a legend, whether it's semi-legend or a legend-legend. But uh, I'll ask <laughs> it. I'll ask it anyway. Uh, the The Spurs don't really shoot that many threes. Uh, now, Pop is a smart guy. Is that because they don't have the three-point shooters? I assume that's what it is, as opposed to uh, some sort of philosophical thing against it.
3: Well, I don't think he is philosophically in favor of three-pointers, but he realizes the reality of the situation, especially when facing a team like Utah, uh, because I think the first time these two teams met, it was 21 for 41 for the Jazz from three-point range. The Spurs had five threes that night. And then, of course, the most recent game, uh, the, the, the Jazz didn't shoot the three ball particularly well, but the Spurs only had four threes all evening long. So you can't keep up with a team that shoots a lot of volume of threes if you don't make a few yourself. Uh, but to uh, answer your question as well, they don't have the personnel right now. Uh, they don't have that sharp shooter that's going to go out and shoot 44%. Joe at you know, whatever he's shooting right now, well over 45%, I believe, from three-point range. So um, you know, that's something, obviously, that they'll have to address uh, as they you know move forward. But they do have, in my opinion, guys, some very good young pieces uh, to build around. They've got some really good, young, talented players. I mentioned Derek White. Uh, DeJounte Murray has really come on this year. He's much more consistent. He's a great rebounder for a point guard. Uh, He's improving his point guard skills as a decision maker. Of course, he's got DeMar DeRozan to lean on a little bit there. Uh, But um, he's a promising young player. Lonnie Walker, very athletic. So they've got some and Keldon Johnson, of course, uh, has been in the starting lineup most of the season. And and, uh, he's only in his second year, and he's only 21 years old. So uh, they've got some really good young players to build around for the future.
4: Given the circumstances, are they better than you thought they were going to be?
3: It's tough to say, you know, because last year we only got a real small window of what this team could be in the bubble. And then, of course, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge came back. LaMarcus Aldridge did not play in the bubble uh, last year. So that kind of changed it a little bit because LaMarcus is more of a half-court type player, and I think, uh, you know, with the athleticism, some of these young guys, uh, they prefer to, you know, get out and run a little bit more.
2: You mentioned DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Yeah, he he thrives in the mid-range game. He only takes like 1.43s. A game, But where he has really improved, in my opinion, is his passing game. How has he uh, acclimated to the Spurs' uh, system?
3: Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess basically he's a small forward, but he has the ball in his hands a lot. And uh, he's been one of the leaders for these young guys. I just mentioned uh, the plethora of young talent that the Spurs have on the roster. And he, of course, is 32 years old now, I believe, and, you know, he's, he's a veteran. So, you know, along with Rudy Gay, uh, he has been one of the guys – Really, kind of show the way as a veteran player, and uh, I think because of that, he's become uh, a guy that creates for others. And sometimes early in a ball game, uh, you'll see him purposely trying to set other guys up or uh, play the role of distributor rather than the role of scorer. And then he'll pick up his scoring eventually. But he gets other guys involved early. Uh, it's a skill that DeMar has improved upon since early in his career with Toronto.
4: So, Bill, I don't want to call the Spurs fans spoiled, but when a team a franchise is as successful as the Spurs have been and then they go through a period of transition like this, how are they handling it?
3: But, you know, it's funny because I think they're a loyal Spurs fan. San Antonio is a Spurs town. It's a, it's a one-major-league town, right, one-major-league team, and that's the Spurs. So I think there's always going to be that loyalty. But you're exactly right. This is a franchise that had so much success. Uh, for a two-decade period, basically the, the length of Tim Duncan's career. They were a contender every year. You, you couldn't talk about who's going to win the Western Conference without mentioning the Spurs, and rightfully so, because they were there a lot of the time. So uh, the, the most consistent 20-year uh, run in league history, uh, the, way, the way those guys won on a consistent basis. Uh, but uh, they're gone now. So now it's a transition period. And I think most fans understand that you know, you're know you not going to be uh, consistent uh, forever. Uh, but now, you know they do. As I mentioned, they have some young pieces. You know, part of the problem is that they were finishing first or second all those years, and they never really got top draft choices. You know, they traded up to get Kawhi Leonard, which turned out to be a very good move, or traded down, as it were, because they got George Hill. Uh, the the Pacers got George Hill out of that deal, but uh, you, you don't see the Spurs do many of those um, you know trades uh, around the um, a draft. So. Anyway, it, they had to be a little creative, but they, they got a great player there. And, of course, uh, he, he won the finals uh, in 2014, the MVP of the NBA finals. So, uh, to answer your question, I think that the, the future is bright. But right now they're going through a transition period. I think most fans understand that.
2: Bill Shoney, radio play-by-play guy for the Spurs. we got just a couple minutes left with him. And, Bill, how has your broadcast changed while not traveling? How different has that been for you? Oh, uh, you
3: know, it, it's very difficult to teach an old dog new tricks, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but I'm doing my best. I really am, uh, having different monitors to watch. And uh, uh, the one problem that we had in one of the events, or one of the games on the road. I'm trying to remember what city it was. I can't recall. But uh, the whistle fr- from the official and the buzzer from the, the horn in the arena, they were about a split second early <laughs> uh, ahead of my video, and that'll really throw you off, guys. If you've ever done play-by-play, because you don't realize how much you rely on the whistle for the stoppage of play, ball going out of bounds, foul, whatever it is. And then when that is off a second, it's like, well, wait a minute, the ball's still not out of bounds. Was there a foul on that play? I didn't see any contact. So it it gets your mind going all over the place. So I learned to just delay my call a second to figure out what was going on instead of trying to make a mistake while rushing it and, you know, guessing wrong because, oh, no, that ball did go out of bounds. There was no foul, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes it very difficult when you're not in sync with the sound that you're seeing, you know what I'm saying. Yeah.
4: How about the sight lines? i'm sorry how about what you see does that make it much more difficult than when you're sitting courtside or whatever
3: uh yeah, yeah well normally uh we're actually upstairs oh, yeah. and so we're not uh, real close to the action anyway you mm-hmm. utah we're the same way when we go to salt lake city uh we're upstairs we're, we're at the concourse level so um that doesn't change too much now we're watching off a monitor obviously and you are at the behest of the producer or director whatever shots he's calling, that's what you're seeing. So sometimes a graphic will come up, and I'll have to go to my monitor and fill in with stats or a drop-in or something like that because I can't actually see uh, what's going on on the court at that time.
2: Well, Bill, thanks for a few moments. Uh, we appreciate it on a game day. Have a good call tonight, my friend.
3: Okay, thanks for having me, guys. I love Salt Lake City. I love your town, by the way. I love the whole state of Utah. I've been to every national park in the state of Utah. Wow. wow really? Wow. Where do, where, hey, hey, this
4: is a serious question. Where do you stay when you go, when you visit?
3: Well, my son actually lives in Salt Lake. Uh, he works for the National Weather Service there in Salt Lake City. So uh, if I, I'm not staying with him, obviously I'm with the team when we're traveling. And, um, you know, so we you know stay at one of the nice hotels there in town. So, um, you know, obviously it's one of those places where uh, you want to spend time during the off season, And uh, I've had a chance to do that. So, um, you know, I, I love all the, uh, all the parks there. Um, I think Capitol Reef might be my favorite because it's kind of the more, one of the more obscure ones, but mm-hmm. uh, some great hiking trails in that park.
2: Well, Bill, thanks for the compliments, but shh, don't tell anyone. We have too many people here already. A- <laughs> I, I,
3: I, I've, got another,
2: I've got another question no, I, for I'm you, just Bill.
3: Talking about, I'm just talking about <laughs> visitors, not people moving there. <laughs> that, uh,
4: That's
2: fine. Uh,
3: yeah. Help the economy, you know, spend <laughs> some money, uh, go, to, go to the restaurants and eat. You That's welcome. I,
4: I, I have a selfish question for you, Bill. I know you got stuff to attend to, but uh, when, you, when you go uh, down there near Capitol Reef, you ever been on that uh, scenic route? What is it, twelve down there? That I have cut no It cuts next to it that and it's you know, on the one side you have all the aspens and whatnot, the mountain, and on the other side you look down into Capitol Reef. It's absolutely gorgeous. If you haven't been yeah, on that yeah. road, get there.
3: Is that is that Scalante on that road?
4: Yes. Yes, it is. Okay,
3: cool. Mm. Well, that's, that's pretty good Utah knowledge right there. How right? about that? You know? so, <laughs> we'll do what uh, we can. No, no I, I love your state. I, I could be a spokesman for your state. I live in Texas, <laughs> but I, I get to Utah whenever I can. But.
2: Thanks, Bill. Be well.
3: All right, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye now.
2: Bill Shoning, spokesman for Travel Utah <laughs> and radio play-by-play voice of the San Antonio Spurs. This is not uh, the Spurs that you, you've you come a, become accustomed to, Gordon, but this is still a team that, yeah, they missed the playoffs last season, for the first time in 20 years, but they're now, thanks to the play-in tournament, right there on the cusp of getting right back into the thick of it.
4: So let me ask you this question, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Has has your feeling about Greg Popovich changed since he doesn't have championship talent on his roster anymore?
2: The, the,
4: th- Greg- the answer is no. No. It he- hasn't because he his team comes as prepared as it can possibly be they're just not good enough right now, but that doesn't change the level. Uh, yeah. It doesn't bring. It doesn't change the contributions that he brings to the team. Not, not in my mind, anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, guys like Greg Popovich, Jerry Sloan, uh, Steve Kerr is very much this way. You are you are at the uh, mercy of how good your team performs, whether or not we think of you as a good coach.
4: Every every coach is at that mercy,
2: right? Exactly, yeah. and but then you see a guy's real. Uh, a real real forward who, like his real talent as a coach, like Jerry Sloan in that year we talked about in the break earlier where they were expected to win nine games and they ended up at 42-42. and 42. You see it in a Greg Popovich team that is doing things that is ill-advised analytically these days, at not shooting threes and shooting mid-range only. That's ill-advised, and yet they're 10th in the West, and yeah, that'd be out of the playoffs normally. But going forward, that's qualifying for a play-in tournament now. I think that he show he shows his mettle as a coach in these moments better.
4: If that I agree with that completely. If, but if they went forty two and forty two then they played two extra oh, games. Oh,
2: sorry. There. It was a forty one and forty one. Well, whatever. <laughs> I, we we got your he, point. He was so good he won two extra games than the NBA even <laughs> scheduled. That was they won by so much
4: they gave him two wins. I'll bet you you asked <laughs> these these great coaches, uh, their best <laughs> the best job they ever did coaching. They may pick a year like that. You know, they, because they, they put a lot of work in to get them to a, a certain level, that which went unnoticed because the only level anybody cares about is the absolute top. Interesting, yeah,
2: because uh, Steve Kerr just recently gotten a little bit of hot water because he was taken completely out of context with the comment. But he said that his favorite year coaching the Warriors was the year after Kevin Durant left, after they had won the – and he didn't say Kevin Durant, but it was that that following year – after they'd won with Kevin Durant, he said that was his favorite year coaching that team because it was suddenly like uh, they weren't expected to go 82-0. and 0. Right, right. And the guys were more coachable and wanted to do more scouting. And, and as a coach, that's got to be fun.
4: Yeah, I, I think they might have been expected to go 84-0. No, is that <laughs>
2: what it was? Yeah, so there you go. A little spurs and jazz for you tonight. It doesn't really do much for me. Uh, like, this isn't a game that – you anymore you circle on the schedule when it comes out and say, Oh, they're gonna play the Spurs in the final ten games of the season. But uh it's still a team that you, if you're not careful, they could jump up and get you and the Jazz can't really afford if they
4: want that one seed to lose. Yeah, but you don't care because you'd be playing bench guys.
2: I, I think I'd start Joan Morgan. Uh <laughs> I think I'd give uh Trent Forrest would definitely start Matt Thomas at the shooting guard. Uh I think I'd go with uh, Jarrell, it,
4: Jarrell Brantley, I heard Matt hit a few shots while I was gone.
2: <laughs> he had a game. Uh, <laughs> was it against uh, the Kings where he was perfect, yeah. seven of seven or, or six it? of six? Or, uh, yeah, he uh, and he was uh, he. And what did Ben Anderson say about him uh, before that game? He, ben Anderson's line about Matt Thomas had been uh, that his legacy with the Jazz was a guy that almost makes every shot he takes. <laughs> And then that night, he literally made every shot he took.
4: When you've been in basketball runs uh, through the years, do you take pleasure in shots that almost go in? Because if they almost go in, at least they know you're not a
2: scrub. Well, the problem with shots that almost go in in those runs is you shoot it again the next time you (laughs) get the ball. You're like, oh, I almost made it. I can make anything. And then you're airballing stuff.
4: Well, no, no, because you want to avoid the airball because then everybody knows you're an absolute (laughs) failure.
2: See, what I do is I shoot – the first time I'm on the floor, I shoot left-handed because I'm not left-handed, and then everyone goes, oh, this kid can't play basketball at all. Oh, so and then I switch, people. and it, and I'm then no good dominate. either, but I'm better <laughs> with my right hand. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying because I have never done that. <laughs> Neither have I, to tell you the truth. All right. Uh, well, the Jazz and the Spurs, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off tonight here on The Zone. Gordon, you and I talked earlier about the the one seed versus the health. And it's interesting because the Jazz have the Nuggets on Friday and then a back-to-back against the Rockets on Saturday this week. Of those two games, if you were the coach making the decision, would you maybe rest against Denver and then play everyone against Houston? Or do I have that backwards? Because you would guarantee a win against Houston by playing
4: your guys. See, here's the problem with asking me that question, <laughs> is because I think they should really try to win every game. You know, yeah. I, I cannot get to the point where I just say, "Oh, well, somebody might get hurt, so don't play." Him. <laughs> Who is would say? We're worried such a about thing? what happens in the fourth week of May? You know, I, I, I guess I'm. I, I don't mean, sound nothing like that. I'm good. <laughs>
2: If you're gonna do a, an impression,
4: oh, listen,
1: listen to hear about
2: impressions. <laughs> At least I sound like you. You made me sound like Vinny selling tube socks from his trench coat behind the the alley. Hey, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna play, you better not get hurt. You want to watch out for the fourth week in May. First
4: of all. Like a I, Disney I, villain. I, I didn't make you sound like that. <laughs> no. Second of all, they sell, somebody sells tube socks. I don't know. That's just, uh, uh, a trench
2: coat? Uh, your, your full X. Your, your fake Rolex, yeah. Uh, I want to remind you about Skyhawk Sports. Registration is now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy Summer Camps. Join us for an action-packed, fun-filled <laughs> summer of youth sports camps at a location near you.
4: Choose between... I, I want you to do the whole show in that voice. <laughs> I started you in that, that thought. You did that yesterday,
2: and I thought it was classic. Well, Eric just said in my ear that all my impressions are the same, so now I feel sheepish. <laughs> Choose between soccer, flag football, fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini-hawk camps, and more. Find right. program info and register today at dot, uh, skyhawks.com. Hey,
4: thanks for joining us. I want
2: to know what a mini
4: hawk camp is. I have no idea.
2: What sport do you play? I play mini hawk. What is that? Beats, I have no idea. Are, are you learning to be a, a predatory bird? What's a mini hawk game? Go to www.skyhawks.com and get the info there. That's what I'll be doing in the break. All right. Uh. <laughs> Coming up next we'll creep in on DJ and PK with a little what's going on and we'll give away some jazz tickets stay tuned right here on the zone
1: what? is it it's half past the hour <laughs>
0: and time to talk utah jazz oh donovan this is your jazz at 30 update presented by syringa networks working from home or with a hybrid workforce get a powerful it partner with syringa networks call 385-420-7881 or visit seringanetworks.net
3: ring the 30 point bell,
2: bell. Jazz and Spurs tonight, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off. We were talking to Bill Shoning last segment, radio play-by-play voice of the San Antonio Spurs, about their focus on shooting mid-range shots, mostly. Quinn Snyder talked about defending that very specific area.
1: Yeah, that that's a tricky one um, because, you know, last year, when you've got really good mid-range shooters, um, there's a tendency, you know, we don't want to try to – just give up mid-range shots. You know, we want to make them hard. Um, I think they broke an NBA record last year.
2: Once again, Jazz pregame at six, tip off at seven tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. If you'd like to go to the game tonight, I'll give we, we're giving away a pair of tickets right now. Be caller 12 and know the answer to what Gordon and I disagree with when it comes to seeding, and rest who believes in what call 855-340-ZONE 855 zone if you know the answer Eric will give you a pair of tickets to tonight's game updates at the bottom of every hour brought to you by Syringa Networks
0: Do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O' Tires.
1: Just doing it big, you know.
0: Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: I love Rush. Rush was a good choice. Like I said, let Eric Jensen pick today, and I was uh, a little nervous about what we'd, find, what we'd find out about Eric. But he went with Rush, and that's totally fine by me.
5: Eric, what's your favorite Rush song? This is up there. I do like Working Man, but my favorite is Red Barchetta, I think, which, which is a little bit of a deep cut, but it's just a good song about, like, Having an un- a rich uncle, and yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like you, Gordon. Maybe like your your nephew saying, Hey, I've got this rich uncle who's got this nice red barchetta baby. Oh, I thought that you meant keeps, Gordon had a rich uncle. No. That he keeps in a barn somewhere in the countryside, and every so often I go take it and go for a spin. And that, that'll be coming up soon. Gordon doesn't know about buying cars just
2: to buy cars. They're, yeah. they're useful tools at the month. You House. better
4: believe it, man. I, <laughs> I only have. have one Porsche. <laughs> I don't have any
2: garage queens. <laughs> well, right now you don't have any room in the garage. Yeah, I, got a,
4: I got a gym <laughs> going on in there. I don't know.
2: You might have to evict a business. <laughs> uh, to have a garage i don't know all right it's the big show he's gordon uh monson i'm austin uh horton i don't know why i put the uh in there but he's gordon i'm austin let's get into what's going on dj and pk had an interesting discussion gordon about something that it never really preseason polls and where teams are projected it's it's a hot topic it's fun to talk about at the water cooler or at the family picnic and here on the radio But it really does not matter all that much to me, but it matters to fans a lot where their teams are selected. And DJ and PK talked about the Utes maybe getting disrespected.
5: So the preseason top 25 polls, the post-spring preseason, there'll be another one in the the fall camps and all that. Uh, But national websites come out with their preseason top 25s. And PK, you were perusing ESPN.com and their post spring preseason top 25. And what did you find to your shock and dismay?
1: Yeah, I, the, the Utes were not in there. You know, I expected that they would be in there. I expected they would be in there ahead of uh, ASU. And I think they had ASU like 24, 25, somewhere in that vicinity. I have to double check and click on it. You can do that. Uh, I know that SC. Uh, Washington and Oregon are going to be in there. I believe that those three will be in the regular, the whatever the uh, I guess it's AP is that the official preseason top twenty-five. Yeah,
5: I think that's the <laughs> and, one that gets the most and, run.
1: And I think that they'll they, those teams will be in there. Washington returns virtually everyone. Uh, I mean, literally, they have so many returners, uh, starters. I'm speaking of, and then obviously some reserves and Jimmy Lake would be in his second season if you count last year as a f- season. Obviously, it wasn't a full season. So they look to be loaded. Oregon's Oregon. And SC, you know, they, they've got a lot of talent sprinkled throughout the roster, uh, and it's an easy go-to option when you think of football out west is you just naturally are attracted to SC. And and the Devils have a bunch of guys. Uh, he, he, he got guys to – not go to the NFL, or they could have just stopped playing, but they opted to stay. So they've got, particularly on defense, a lot of returners. And plus he's Herm, and there's not a soul on this planet who doesn't like Herm, right? Hmm. So he's going to draw some attention. I'm I'm fine with all those. But I was surprised that the dreaded, the arch rival, Coastal Carolina was in there, Mm -hmm. and Utah wasn't. And Louisiana, the raging Cajuns, was in there. Were in there, and the Utes weren't. So, because I think the Utes are right there in the South. I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen uh, as far as who's going to win the North. But right now, anyway, and that obviously it's subject to substantial change. That the North team, when we get to the final, what's it in Vegas this year? is going to be favored again. So I think the north, top to bottom, is stronger. But the south, I think the Utes are going to be right there. So I was surprised that they weren't picked.
5: So I checked the uh, athletic top 25, and Stuart Mandel did there. So it's, a, it's one person responsible for this. I was stunned. He didn't have Washington in his preseason top 25. That surprised me a lot. He had Oregon at 10 but he didn't have Washington in there. And he didn't have USC in there, but he had Utah and ASU at 22 and 23. I think what's happening with Utah is, and this really goes back to the Rudy Gobert discussion, you look at Utah's offense, who do they have back as skilled players? <clears throat> and basically you got a slot receiver who has been hurt on and off throughout his career and a tight end who looks pretty good. But you don't have wide receivers, you don't have a running back, you don't have a quarterback. Now you can argue that although they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback, because he's a transfer with all this high-end experience and some really good seasons at Baylor, that Utah ought to be marked up this year, not getting marked down for that. But I think people just look at Utah's offense, and if if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, then you put him in at 22, but if you look at the offense and think, I just don't see it, then you leave him out.
2: There you go, DJ and PK talking about preseason top twenty-five post-spring poll from I think that was the ESPN list they were referring to. Gordon PK was surprised that Utah's not in ESPN's top twenty-five. I don't know that I am. Are you Are you surprised that, that Utah didn't make it into that top twenty-five? Right oh,
4: now? not really. Although it does matter to, as far as perception goes, and if Utah really has a fine team. Uh, then uh, your, your starting off point, obviously, is not as elevated. And so it does matter as far as that goes. But not, not, not really. Last year was so weird that um, it, it uh, is kind of a non-factor. So, once again, the youths will have to prove themselves. And, uh, and maybe they will. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess I agree with PK. A uh, lot of talent. A lot of talent in there. It's a program is the point now where they get really good football players. Now can they coordinate it and can they get good quarterback play? And how much, how much opportunity will the quarterback be? And I think in the case, I agree with DJ that they have upgraded at quarterback this time around.
2: At least uh, so far what you've seen on paper and in spring. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the
4: kid from Baylor is But we good. haven't
2: seen them play in a game in Utah, Utah yet. Right. Yeah. And right. that's, why, that's why I'm not surprised that Utah is not picked by a national outlet to be in the top 25 because they're going to have a new quarterback. They're going to have a new running back. They're yeah. going to have new wide receivers, all the wide receivers left apparently. Uh, one of them went to a South Division rival in Brian Thompson going to the Sun Devils, yes. and the offensive line – it's got questions about it. It doesn't mean that their talent is what's questioned. It's their potential. Well, how far can they take that talent? And so, a national outlet like ESPN not having them in the top twenty-five, I could, I could see why they would do that.
4: However, I do think that Utah's program is to the point now, or if they show early signs uh, that they will be uh, included rather quickly. Yeah. And uh, and generally, obviously, playing in the conference they play in, if they play well, they will. Uh, find some spots. However, uh, the other aspect to Pac-12 is not sure how highly respected the conference is. I mean, after all, this isn't basketball.
2: <laughs> well, and if you want more respect, how about you start by not picking two people to do one job? There's a lot of things you can well, change.
4: Well, out 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 west, <laughs> it takes a couple people to do one person's job.
2: Our conference is such a hard job. We have to have two people running it. <laughs> SEC.
4: Well, that's what Larry Scott always said.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was Woody Dixon was.
4: a lieutenant, wasn't it?
5: Well, no, he That upstanding citizen. No, he
4: was the head of a network as well as the head of a. He did always say that. Yeah, Yeah, so, you know. It's hard work doing two jobs. Just pick somebody. (laughs) Pick somebody who is talented and who has, you know, who has some experience in running a freaking conference, who understands the academic side of college sports and the sports side of it and understands football.
2: Oh, come on. That's too many
4: requirements for a job that would be okay wouldn't it
2: <laughs> at this point larry I... do
4: you know anything beyond tennis i not i mean you know what <laughs> uh, I mean, that's terrific as you know i i, you I like have, tennis. I have a bit of a, a you know lean toward tennis but you know don't brag about canoeing <laughs> <laughs> no one canoes better than the pac 12 <laughs> <laughs> it's the conference of canoeing becky
2: from uh, from, uh aunt becky from full house's kid was on the team
4: of the canoeing team did, did you see the documentary on that no I I don't know that I can because uh, I'm already pretty angry about the whole situation well, that guy that guy just was uh, he he took advantage of everybody and uh, but anyway yeah I, <sighs> I, I I understand it's very eye-opening and does a good job
2: of explaining it all and I just don't know that my blood uh, uh, pressure can
4: handle. Yeah, going I, through the nitty-gritty. I watched that documentary with, I think, four former college athletes, <laughs> and they all just shook their heads. You know?
2: Not that you make a habit of hanging out uh, in your personal time with former college athletes. It's just you know a bunch that are really close to you that you also frequent time
4: with. No, family members.
2: That's yeah. why I don't, I don't want people out there thinking Gordon's just
4: calling up a uh, – uh, Travis Wilson saying hey you want to go get a drink on the weekend <laughs> you, know, you know what really bugs me about this whole thing with all the athletes in my family the ones who are actually related to me you know through blood oh actually related to you yes, I see they, what, you th- no, what you're no, saying no they they my wife gets all the credit for that and well. and she is a better athlete than I am now now that I'm 83 years old (laughs) but back in the day i was a pretty good athlete but and i i might dare say i was a better athlete than she was do you dare say or you might dare i i am saying it (laughs) (laughs) i was a better athlete you gutsy guy in the early years hey (laughs) but that was like half a century ago and so now i get no credit
2: look i i did not know you and your wife uh i've known you now for almost 12 years and if if we met, the day we met, if we lined up a 100-yard dash between you and Lisa, I'm telling you you, you, you look great. I'm not saying anything about you. She would leave you in the dust Well, that well oh,
4: now, not so fast. Yes. Over there. Uh, oh, 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 hold on here. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Uh, this was a while back. Okay. Uh, but uh, at that time... Uh, my family was on a vacation somewhere and, uh, there were a number of athletes involved <laughs> and, uh, and some who were happened to be, uh, uh, maybe, well, one of them was a boyfriend of one of the girls who happened to be a college football player as well. I don't know what's going on with the trend there, but anyway, <laughs> so we lined up for a, a hundred yard dash. How long
2: was it? 100 yards? 100. Okay. I think it was a 100. Just I mean, you no, and Lisa? Nobody
4: marked it up. No, it was everybody. Everybody in the group. So, Hopefully. Oh and so, you know, we started, and and the, all the athletes just take off, and they're just blazing on down the street, you know? <laughs> and uh, when we all crossed the finish line, as we did, uh, my wife's exact line was, even he beat me. <laughs> And she wasn't talking about the college
2: athletes. No, she, she was, was uh,
4: <laughs> despondent over the fact that the old man over here beat her. But if you ran that race again today, this was probably, I want
2: to say, uh, twenty yeah, years no, ago. No, it was probably ten years ago. If you ran it
4: again today, though, mm, if, if if we're short, you're pulling a hammer, no, man. If we if it's short enough, <laughs> I might be. But the long range, forget about it, man. It's just. <laughs> I forget How did we, it. we get here? I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know. How do we get anywhere? Uh, well, there's here- a whole bunch <laughs> of guys out there right now, and, and especially guys of my generation. Think about it for a second. <laughs> I mean, you probably married a better athlete than you. I mean, not necessarily when you got married, but she might be a better athlete than you now. And uh, I'm okay. I guess I'll, I'll admit it. And I, I'll, uh, you know, does I, it I, hurt? I, you know, Yes, it hurts you. But but it wasn't always that way, is what I'm saying. She's a better golfer than you. No, she just looks better doing it. But I I, I can outscore her. You said that she's got a better swing than She you. does. Yeah. It looks right. better, but I, I... I
2: see. Oh, you you weren't being creepy with the looks. No, bar. You no, meant no, the form sorry, and no, all that. No, no,
4: her swing is beautiful. I thought you were going no, Chester on No, honest. no, but I will say that, you know, I, I don't want to mention the fact that I've been playing golf for 75, you know 75 years and she's been <laughs> playing it for a year and a half. <laughs> so, Domination! <laughs>
2: hey if you want to feel better about yourself go to the warehouse and (laughs) and meet hanson scotty this friday 10 to 2 1825 south 300 west in salt lake price is still low it'll blow your mind we've all bought stuff at the warehouse and we'll continue to do so because there's it just makes sense get down there 1825 south 300 west coming up next a little market update and we'll get you ready for david Locke at four o'clock here on the big show The big show. Time for a market update presented by trydaytrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. Gordon, how'd we do today at the markets?
4: Good, bad, and good. good. All right. Good, bad, good. Yeah. Okay. The SP was up, uh, what was it? Uh, well, just barely up like three points. That's it, SP. Come on. The NASDAQ was down 51 points. Boo. And the Dow was up 97, just over 97 points. So there you have it.
2: There it is, your market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. We'll get to David Locke on the other side of 4 o'clock in a preview of tonight's game. But, Gordon, speaking of markets and biases, J.A. Adonde sent out a tweet uh, the other day that I think says a lot about how people feel towards this play-in tournament he said, quote, if the play-in ends up costing the NBA, the Lakers, and Celtics for the playoffs, you've got to figure there will be consequences. Maybe not lost jobs, but that format would change. That's, of course, from J.A. Adonde. Where were all these complaints on April 23rd when the Lakers were in fifth? Yeah. Where were all these complaints when the Celtics were not in in uh, in? Uh, seventh in the East, this is suddenly no one cared when it was just the Grizzlies and, and, uh, the, the, uh, Thunder and, and then and the Spurs and not the Thunder, but these smaller market teams, no one c- cried anything about this play in tournament. Now LeBron's upset and the Celtics might miss Gordon. Everyone's like, Oh, this is a dumb idea.
4: Well, it's, you know, the first time I really heard someone really complaining about it this year was Mark Cuban but that's because Dallas was down there in that category at that time. Yes, that's right. And it, everyone's nobody likes it. Who's who might be susceptible to it? <laughs> but I still don't understand how you know the seventh and eighth ranked teams in your conference have anything to any claim to any privilege. Why they should be upset in the first place? Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, that to me is just silly. And then I heard LeBron complaining about it when when the Lakers had fallen. And uh, so, and I don't know what Jay, uh, you know, Adande used to work in in uh, in L.A. and then ESPN, and then now he's I think he's teaching at Northwestern. Oh, I don't know what
2: is he? He's uh, not in the business anymore. Uh, he
4: might be. Well, he's in the business in one way or another, and uh, and I know him, and and I he's respect. He's a smart guy. Yeah. I respect him, but it's I. But what he's saying is different. He's saying that this could end up costing the NBA money, and if it costs them money, then that's not a good thing because the, you know the Lakers uh, are important to have involved in in the, in the playoffs if they're good enough. So I, to me, it's just a non-factor. To me, I like it. I think it adds interest. Uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of a wild card at the end, one game deciding what it's going to decide. But it keeps other markets interested, whether they're big markets or small markets. Uh, you know, so on the whole, I like it and I think they should keep it. And it makes it a little more difficult to, uh, to, to tank unless you want to be really bad.
1: True. So, I
4: don't know. I, 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 uh, I'm not surprised by the complaining, especially since it's coming from certain corners that are threatened by it. But uh, as, as for the average fan, I think they look at it and go, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah, from a consumer
0: standpoint. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I, I'm there with you on that. That's what I like about it is it's, it's exciting. It's dramatic. It brings the 10th and the 9th seed into a conversation where they actually are playing the last week of the season for something. Right.
4: And if you don't know the way it works... No, nine and ten play for the right to play the loser of seven and eight. That's correct, yeah. and it's all a
2: one game. That's my problem with it: is it's one game.
4: Yeah. Can we not do even a best of three? Uh, no, we don't need to. <laughs> you're not at the top of the rankings. What are you're, you're down here? Come on, you're <laughs> seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, but last it's year it's not like you. It's like, oh, I'm I I'm owed this because we had such a great season. But for fifty plus years before now,
2: you were owed. Uh, f- uh, at least four games in the postseason. Yeah, but we were just going to get bumped out quickly anyway. Yeah, it used to be three guaranteed games. But anyway, yeah, but still, why can't it be that the 7 and 8 seed, they only have to win one game? But if you're the 9 and 10, you've got to win a
4: three game series. Well, yeah, man, that, that's your penalty for finishing ninth and ten. But you should. But you have... still have opportunity, and that's what they're trying to create, if I understand it. But
2: here's the problem from a business standpoint: is LeBron James's Lakers could be the seventh seed and play one game and be gone from the playoffs?
4: Mm, yeah,
2: it's possible. Well, then when? <laughs> then when the, you? And then the, here's what I'll tell you:
4: the Lakers will win that game. Well, okay, but why? Why? <laughs> I understand they've had some, hell or they've, high water. they've had some injury problems. I get that, but be better, and anything can be fixed by a referee crew. No, oh, no, that's what I'm saying no, to you right now. No. Is the Lakers will not Come lose on, in the stop play-in that. tournament. Austin, quit Gordon. perpetrating this idea. <laughs> Now, all that does is turn the NBA into the WWE. and You then, don't think that Adam Silver knows how much
2: better his coffers will be if LeBron plays the, yeah, in the playoffs? But you playoffs? can't do
4: that because you bastardized the integrity of your competition. This is not Disneyland. This is, this I, is I, I, I'm not, business. I'm not going there with you. I've I guess Disneyland it, is business. I've too. heard the complaint for years, <laughs> but it's usually coming from somebody who just lost.
2: <laughs> no. So, I'm uh, just, whatever. I'm just telling you, the number one showpiece player in the world, let alone in the NBA, is
4: not going to lose a play in team Because he's not playing. Yeah, but he's been playing the last few he's out for a little while. It's kind of difficult and right he's now. He's injured. Get that. But, but so. he won't be injured in two weeks. Oh, I, I, I just, I don't think. If you had to. I, bet wait, on I, it. I'm thinking this through completely. I just don't believe. That even though it is in the best financial interest of the NBA. To put that, it lightly. That, that they would go to the referees and say, hey fellas, a little bonus on the side if the Lakers win. Wink, wink, wink. And I'm not telling you that's
2: what's happening. That sounds I'm, like what's, what you're I'm, telling me. Well, I don't want to get sued. I'm not telling you that's what's happening. But I'm not telling you that's not happening. And I will tell you, LeBron James will not lose the play-in tournament. Austin Horton just
4: suggested that the NBA is going to fix the games to get the Lakers in.
2: Austin Horton just said LeBron James will not lose the play-in tournament.
4: Well, that's because LeBron won't let him. It's not sure. because the refs are going sure. to come to rescue. Sure. Yep.
2: Yep. LeBron will not uh, lose. Austin,
4: if that happened and it was an <laughs> obvious play, there would be there would be all kinds of hell to pay for that. And and what hell would be paid? uh reputa- look professional <laughs> professional leagues the, all they have is their integrity if no. they don't have integrity
2: then they're screwed then why is the nfl still making so much money they have no integrity on any matter any topic ever uh, period I, I
4: don't believe that what one good thing does the nfl what, do? What, what are you what are you pointing at the nfl that they are competitively corrupt
2: Oh, you're talking competitively. Yes. You said any league, all they have is their integrity.
4: Well, that's you make competitive integrity when it integrity. comes to competition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. I can probably go along with that maybe, but I still think LeBron James will not lose the playing game.
4: Well, if he, if the Lakers don't lose it, then it's because LeBron played <laughs> well. That's what Adam Silver believes. You See, believe? I cannot believe you're that big a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Really? That that, that would be. That, you know, it's going to happen on national television right in front of everybody. And if there is some absolutely crooked call, it, it would be. Would you be, bet against it, LeBron in the playing tournament? Uh, probably not, but I think the Lakers are better than anybody else down there. No, I don't. Who's better
2: than the Lakers? The Portland Trailblazers could be better that day.
4: What are the. What the, are the Dallas
2: Mavericks could be better that day.
4: Uh, the Spurs yeah. could be
2: better that day.
4: I think the it's Lakers It's a one game one off thing. The Lakers have the have the uh, well, I mean if they finish 7th or 8th Here's where then my, it's two games. Here's right? where
2: my point gets moot. It is the greatest player maybe to ever do it in LeBron James. Which
4: is why they won't lose because they have the greatest player. And they have backup in case that doesn't go through. They so do well. not, Austin. David- don't don't <laughs> perpetrate that BS on our listeners because <laughs> then they'll believe it and then they'll think this whole thing is rigged. No one ever, no one ever believes anything I say. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good place to start. I told from. you never
2: to go on a cruise. I told you. I told you all.
4: All right, coming I'm up gonna, next. I'm going to go on a cruise <laughs> as soon as as soon as it's available. I'm not going to go on one of those big supermarket cruises. I'm going <laughs> to find some some nice little some dinghy. So <laughs> Just you and Lisa
2: out on a on a ride through Venice. I don't know what to I'm tell not you. in a hurry a to gondola? cram myself
4: into a small space with Four, five, six thousand other people, but I you know, a small little all sweet cruise, you Your know, own with, yacht with maybe yeah. uh, two hundred or three hundred or four hundred people, I I might be able to be all right with that. <laughs> maybe a river cruise. I don't know.
2: A guy that no one wants to be squeezed into a tight space with David Locke <laughs> joins us next here on the zone. <laughs>